0: Welcome home. You're listening to the One Eighty Church podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message.
1: Could be all seated, all joining us, joining us online and in person. Welcome. We're going to take this moment to just practice some silence and solitude and center ourselves and just focus on what God might have to say to us collectively and to just take a moment, pause and we're gonna exhale in a minute and then inhale, God's presence. Let's exhale just all the automatic ruminating thoughts. uh, that follow us, harass us, argue with us, and honestly just bring it before the Lord. And lay it down at his feet right now. And the promise of inhaling, inhale the transcending presence of God when we supplicate our anxieties to cast our cares upon him for he cares for us. Sarah Young, June 5th, Jesus Calling. Remember that you live in a fallen world, an abnormal world tainted by sin. Much frustration and failure result from you seeking perfection in this life. There is nothing perfect in this world except me. That is why closeness to me satisfies deep yearnings and fills you with joy. I have planted longing for perfection in every human heart. This is a good desire which I alone can fulfill. But most people seek this fulfillment in other people, earthly pleasures or achievements. Thus, they create idols before which they bow bow down. I will have no other gods before me. Make me the deepest desire of your heart. Let me fulfill your earnings for perfection. All God's people pray. Amen. Now, Stu would come up.
2: Okay, Okay, so today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to finish up this little series that um, I've been doing on the Already But Not Yet Here Kingdom. For those of you guys that have been here with us for it, you know a little bit about it. Um, for those that haven't been here for it, just a quick little recap. The Already But Not Yet Here Kingdom is this concept where we live in a world where God has made his presence known, where he is present in our lives, where he has begun establishing his kingdom. But this is still a broken world. This is still a world where there are many problems. That is very much in need of a savior. And good Lord, I didn't even realize how much since the last time I was up here, we would just get that reminder once again and again and again that this is just a broken world this is the downside of living in the not yet kingdom where we are reminded that there is brokenness but the good news of the already part of the already but not yet kingdom is that god is continuing to make his presence known and it may not get the same airtime as the brokenness in the world we may not hear the stories of it quite as loudly but it is happening it is happening in people's lives every day but With the already-but-not-yet-here kingdom, we've talked about where God is working in it, and we've talked about why God is working in this broken world because it's in such deep need of him. But there's still one aspect of it that we do need to talk about, and that's where we fit into that. I mentioned last time that C.S. Lewis said that the story of Christianity is the story of the true king landing in disguise and leading us in a great campaign of sabotage. He is giving us that call to take part in that. He is there with us in it. And he's not leading from the sidelines. He's an active participant in it. But he's also giving us the baton. He's also saying, it's time for you to run with this. He is giving us that call to action. And I think that call resonates with us. And we see it a lot in movies. Movies are great at like showing us some of the deep parts of humanity. And if we can put this picture up, you know, there are so many good movies where A main character hears a call where he answers that call or he or she answers that call I don't want to leave anybody out where the character answers that call and does something amazing we look at Star Wars we see Luke Skywalker we see him answer the call of the rebellion to fight against the Empire and to become a Jedi like his father before him we see the Lord of the Rings we see Frodo who does not simply walk into Mordor, but he does go there to destroy the One Ring. And we also see Aragorn. We see him become the king that he was always destined to become. We see war epics like Saving Private Ryan, where this platoon of soldiers, fresh off of the beaches of Normandy, invading on D-Day, they're given another call to save the life of just one soldier who has lost his entire family already in the war. I think it was like three or four brothers all in one day. And they they accept that call to save his life, and then how did Mrs. Doubtfire get up there? That's a comedy. Even in something like that, the movie is about a man who is given a call to be a better father, or lose contact with his children forever. And these movies, these calls, they resonate with us because they remind us of the notion that we can, in either great or small ways, make a difference in the world around us. And again. I think that's where God is calling us in the already but not yet here kingdom. Yes, he is here, he is making his presence known, he is doing miraculous things, but he also calls to us and says, I want you to run with this. I want you to take part in this great campaign of sabotage. I want you to step up and not step aside. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about how God is calling us in the already but not yet kingdom. And we're gonna go right back to Acts chapter nine because I think it's a perfect passage that just encapsulates all of this together. So as we look at this, we, we know that Saul was on his way to Damascus. He was there to capture any Christians that he found there, to bring them back to Jerusalem, to make them prisoners, and probably to do a lot worse to them than just that. But God had another idea. God in the already kingdom comes down and has a moment with Saul. He has that Kairos moment where he reaches into his life, where he speaks to him and says, I am the one that you are persecuting. And it brings just a whole new reality to Saul's life. But that's not the only character that we see in this passage we turn to ananias ananias is a believer he is a member of the church of damascus he is living his best life in christ and now he's about to have his own kairos moment and we read here in damascus there was a disciple named ananias the lord called to him in a vision ananias yes lord he answered So God is giving Ananias the call. He is giving him this plan. He spells it out. He's like giving him Google directions exactly where to go to see Saul and what to do. But like I said, Ananias is a member of the church there. He knows Saul's deal. He hears God say, go to this person that is supposed to be hunting you down and minister to him. Go to this person that is hunting down people who preach the gospel and preach the gospel to him. And like a very normal person, Ananias says, hold up. Let's think about this for a second. He's scared. And that's a normal response. That's a very normal, common response when we receive that call, when we receive that call to do something bigger than we can imagine. I mean, how many people here, when you're called to do something big, incredible, something out of the ordinary, how many of you guys don't feel fear whatsoever? Like, if God was to come to you and say, all right, I want you to march over to Moscow, I want you to go right up to Putin, and I want you to say, knock this crap off in Ukraine and fall before the feet of Jesus because you need Jesus something fierce. How many of you guys are doing that right off the bat without any fear? Good. What? No, don't point to somebody else because if, there, there, might be, there might be a bigger problem if you have no fear. If you have no fear, you have bigger problems going on fear is self-preserving fear keeps us safe it keeps us from doing stupid and insane things and sometimes that is a very good thing but sometimes god calls us to do those crazy insane wacky things that everybody else might say yo you out of your mind that's what god is saying the lord said to ananias go this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the gentiles and their kings and to the people of israel god is giving ananias that crazy big call because god sees the fruit that will come from it ananias can't quite see it yet he just hears the call and he's afraid but god is calling him to move beyond that fear he's calling him to act courageously he's calling him to step up i mentioned before that movies are really good at capturing the human condition. they're cap- good at capturing, like how we feel when we answer the call, and the best movies they have that call. But the best movies also have characters who answer that call by overcoming fear. Um, let's put these two movie posters up. And apparently, talking to a lot of people, a lot of people have never seen these movies. I don't. I don't get it. These are like Top Gun's like one of the quintessential '80s movies. If you haven't seen either of these movies, you really should go see it. Especially Maverick, it's really good. But that, that put aside, in Top Gun, Tom Cruise, Maverick, he is an ace fighter pilot, a naval aviator. And during the movie, during a training scene, something happens. He loses a very good friend of his. And because of that, he is afraid. He is fearful of engaging again. And when he gets the call, when he gets the call to not just participate in training, but to actually go into the fight, he has a moment of fear. He has a moment of pulling back, of running away. And it's only when he overcomes that fear, when he re-engages that he saves the day. A little bit of a spoiler there, okay. but you know, movies, they usually have a happy ending, right? And I'm sure that you guys are saying, well, Stu, that's wonderful that you can say he overcame his fear. And this is a movie. Movies are scripted. They always have a happy ending. Give me something real to hang on to. Okay, let's go to something real. Let's put this one up. How many of you guys have heard of a gentleman by the name of Dr. Martin Luther King? We all know his call. His call was to bring civil rights to America so that people would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. He answered that call, but he felt as well. He felt it most notably one night when someone called him in the middle of the night just screaming murderous intent against him and his family. And like any normal person when they get that kind of a phone call they're afraid. So what did he do? He went to his kitchen and he prayed. And he wrote about it in his book, Stride Towards Freedom. This is what he wrote. The words I spoke to God that midnight are still vivid in my memory. I am here taking a stand for what I believe is right, but now I am afraid. The people are looking to me for leadership, and if I stand before them without strength and courage, they too will falter. I am at the end of my powers. I have nothing left. I've come to the point where I can't face it alone. At that moment, I experienced the presence of the divine as I have never experienced God before it seemed as though i could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying stand up for justice stand up for truth and god will be at your side forever almost at once my fears began to go my uncertainty disappeared i was ready to face anything courage is not the absence of fear it's the ability to see beyond it. It's the ability to see what are the possibilities if I act in defiance of this fear, if I act with the call that God has given me. And in the not yet kingdom, it's difficult because we don't know what the outcome is going to be. We don't know if it's going to work. We don't know if it's going to be a good outcome. Sometimes we don't even know if it's going to be a good outcome for us because we know Dr. King made an amazing impact on history but we know it came at the cost of his life. That is scary. But God calls us to see beyond the fear, to see beyond that, and to step forward in courage, to go boldly where he's calling us to go. And that's the first thing that we can see from this passage, if we can put that point up. In the not yet kingdom, God calls us to go boldly where we may fear what can happen. Yes, it's normal to be afraid of what can happen. I can't tell you guys to not be afraid because I would be full of it because every time I come up here, I am full of absolute and utter terror. And I, it happens. But we go past that fear. We push beyond it, knowing that God can and has and will do amazing things through us in our lives if we have courage if we be bold, if we trust that he walks with us, that we can face anything with him at our side. So my question for you guys today is, where are you afraid? Where is that fear starting to take hold in you? And where is God calling you to be courageous? I pray that we would become a generation that is courageous, that sees beyond the fear, that is willing to go to those places and answer that call, to grab the baton and run where God is calling us and see the amazing things that he will do, the amazing things that we can't even imagine, the long-lasting impact that it will have. Because that long-lasting impact, that's exactly what I'd like to talk about next. What happens when we actually answer that call? What happens when we say, all right, forget this fear, I'm not gonna step aside, I'm gonna step up and I'm going to do this. This is what we see with the story of Ananias and Saul next. Ananias overcomes his fear. He obeys God, he goes forth in courage, in boldness. He goes there and Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, "'Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you, on the road, as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. That's an amazing thing. Ananias does exactly what God called him to do. And exactly like God said, Saul becomes a believer. The one who hunted those who believed in the gospel was now baptized in the gospel. But it gets even better. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Saul didn't just become a believer. He became the apostle to the Gentiles. He became the person who wrote a majority of the New Testament. He became the one to bring the gospel to so many people. All because Ananias heard the call, He said, I will not be afraid. I will answer this call. And he walked in obedience. He walked boldly in obedience to what God was calling him to do. And from that, God made something amazing spring forth. The effects of which are still felt today because we still read Paul's works. I keep going back and forth calling them between Saul and Paul. Spoiler alert, Saul and Paul, same person. (laughs) But anyway, that's what happens when we... Obey. That's what happens when we go forth boldly, encourage, and obey when we answer that call. God makes something amazing happen. And those results are far-reaching and long-lasting. If we can put the next picture up, you may recognize at least one of those people up there. Uh, That is me, my mom, and my brother from uh, about a year ago at my cousin's wedding. Um, A lot of people here actually know my mom. Um, Pastor Lydia calls her uh, quite the character, and my mom definitely is a character. She is living her best life right now uh, as a retired person, and she's probably flush with embarrassment as she's watching this right now. Hi, Mom. But I remember a time about 11 years ago when that wasn't quite the uh, the same story. Uh, It was before she was retired. It was when she was going through a bit of a rough period of worrying about finances and insurance and about health, and about a number of different things. And I'll never forget this night, because it was the night before her birthday. We went out to Outback, as we do, because we always go to Outback, and came back to her place. And we're talking. And I had been trying to reach out to her. I'd been trying to you know, convince her you know, to leave her fears to God. Leave them at his feet. Just give him the control. And it's not to say that she didn't have faith. Um, I I sometimes tend to skip over that part of the story. She's always been a believer, but as she said one time, sometimes you lose sight of that. So I'm talking with her, and it's the end of the night, and I'm getting ready to go home. And then all of a sudden, I hear, tonight's the night. I'm like, wait, what? what? What's going on? God, what are you talking about, tonight's the night? That was the night I led my mom to rededicating her life to Christ, to giving over that control, those fears, that worry, and putting it all at his feet to let him do the heavy lifting. It was an amazing moment. It was an amazing experience. And like it seems like everybody that I lead to Christ, she slept like a baby that night. So if you haven't accepted Christ and you're having trouble sleeping, look into that. It kind of works. I've got a pretty good track record with this happening. But anyway, that's 11 years ago. Mom today has become that person that others go to when they say, hey, I need somebody to pray for me. Can you just keep me in prayer? She's the person that tells them, don't worry about it. You can't worry about everything. You can't solve all your problems. Sometimes her big catchphrase, you need to go and let God. And every time I hear her say that, I'm like, go, mom. She's had an amazing transformation in Christ that has not just affected her, but it's affected those around her that has resonated with other people. And again, that's what happens when we step forward in boldness, when we answer that call. Because it would have been just as easy for me to say, nah, tonight's not the night, God. I'm just going home. I'm so glad that I didn't. I'm so glad that I listened to that call. That's where and how God is using us in the already-but-not-yet kingdom. If we can put this next point up. In the already kingdom... Sometimes God will use you to make amazing things happen. It was an amazing story in mom's life and amazing the effect that she's had on other people since then. But I do have to put that sometimes in there because, again, this is a broken world. It doesn't always happen the way we think it's going to happen. Like I said, this was 11 years ago, um, this experience with my mom. And since then, I've had many good experiences and some not so good experiences. I even had one family member who was uh, an extended, you know, a little bit distant family member that I was trying to reach out to. And I did all the things I did all the prayers, I did all the reasoning, I even, you know, let off with the whole don't you want that sort of thing. That usually works, but it didn't. And I get that sometimes. When we, try, when we try to answer that call and it doesn't work, it can feel like a gut punch. It can break your spirit. It can hurt. And it can make you not want to try again. But I want to encourage you guys to continue to try, because God can make amazing things happen. But if we say, no, I'm not going to, then nothing is going to happen. And if it's just for fear of failure, I want to give you guys the permission to fail. How many of you guys have ever heard somebody say that? I give you the permission to fail. How many people hear that? We never hear that. But I want to give you guys the permission to try and fail. To try and bomb miserably and spectacularly. And then to brush yourself off, to get up, and try again. And try again. And try again. Because even if we fail, even if we fail in what we think we're doing. We may think I'm ministering to this person right here, and it may fail with them. Someone over here may say, you know what? I see this person constantly reaching out, that this whole Jesus thing really means a lot to them, and they keep trying it, trying to bring other people into this. What is that all about? Sometimes that's the route that God is taking. It may not be very evident to us in the moment, But God has a greater plan. That's why he calls us, because he has a plan. He has an idea of how he wants things to go. And he's asking us, he's calling us to step forward in faith and in courage. So my question for you guys, where have you guys seen that? Where can you take strength in knowing that God has either used you or used someone that you know to make an impact on someone's life. Think back about it, make an altar out of that so that you can remember that God does make amazing things happen. And sometimes he uses us to make those amazing, incredible things happen. That's where he's calling us in the already but not yet kingdom. Yes, this may be a broken world. This may be a world that is in desperate need of Jesus, but he has commissioned us. He has called us to take part in that great campaign of sabotage against this broken world and bring people into a relationship with Christ. And from there, who knows where it may go? Who knows the impact and the long-lasting results that might have? So, would you guys stand up with me today? And let's really pray for that courageousness. Let's pray for that call. Let's pray that God would open our ears. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you don't do all the work yourself. I thank you, God, that you do call us to step into the fray, that you do call us to take part in this great campaign of sabotage, that you stand with us in defiance of fear so that we can go boldly, so that we can go with courage where you are calling us, where you are leading us, And that we see in the past how you have made a change in our lives and where you have made a change in others' lives and where that has just paid dividend upon dividend upon dividend, where dominoes fell and greater things have happened. I pray, God, that we would be a generation that does not give in to fear but goes forward in courage as you have called us. And even when we fail, that we will try again and again and again, fixing our eyes on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Now, this for introverts, it's even more difficult. And our church is like ninety five percent introvert. I don't think we even clapped during worship. Like, we're like, ah, uh, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm like 99% introvert. I'm like, God, I want to reach this person, but then I have to talk to them. And that's why obedience requires sacrifice. And... You might even mumble when you talk. You might even stumble upon your words. But honestly to tell you, I don't know if being coherent or articulate is what brings people to the power of the gospel. I think it's the fact that you act in love. And this summer, particularly, as as we as the endemic takes place, I don't even know where we're going with COVID. We have no idea what we're doing anymore. But it's time to reemerge and listen to the call of God. And so for a moment, let's pray together. And I pray the Holy Spirit, as, as Stu spoke, would give you, lay in your heart, names and faces of friends you could pray for, and answer the call for to, to share the gospel. Because in every story we hear about someone's life changing, someone had to reach out. And I wanna pray, Holy Spirit, we wanna welcome you in this moment to bring clarity. Bring clarity that it's not that you haven't called us, we don't want to hear it. We're reluctant to answer the call for because of what it costs. So as we sing this, let's pray for a clear call from God to an action. Don't like, like meditate on it. Don't be like zenning on it contemplating i want you to pray for a clear call to action let's make this our prayer as we sing. you are my strength
3: you are my strength when i am weak you are the treasure that i seek you are my own Too
1: As we close today, I'm reminded of a moment by a great evangelist in right before the Civil War, D.L. Moody. He was preaching to a crowd, a demographic much like ours, a very well-educated group of people. And D.L. Moody usually gave an invitation to accept the gospel every night. But something within him that night felt some resistance because this was the most educated group that ever entered the church. And he told his team, we're going to give him one night to think about it. And that night, as they went home, the great Chicago fire took place, burning most of lots of parts of Chicago, and half the audience died that night. D.L. Moody said that the greatest regret of his life was not giving that invitation that night and losing a chance to impact eternity. Well, you might say, well, Dad, I don't think it's gonna be a fire. Well, it could be a shooting. It could be a meteorite. I mean, who knows? At this point in this world, It could be anything. It's precarious. Life is fleeting. You only have a couple of weeks, if you put into perspective, compared to eternity. This summer, I pray that we seize the moment of the call and answer it to impact eternity forever. And I pray that the Spirit would convict you. you bow your heads for the benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, amen. God bless you. Go in peace.
0: So glad to see you all here. My name is Haley and I'm a member here at 180 Church and I will be sharing some community news with you. First off, let's talk about tithes and offering. If you're a member here at 180 Church, we ask that you continue to keep God at the center of your finances and to tithe faithfully, which you can do using Venmo, Zelle, Chase QuickPay, or PayPal. If you're a visitor here with us today, we welcome you to our service, and there's no financial obligation to give. But if you'd like to make a donation, you can do so with the methods above. Next, we have Bible Reading Group. We have an Instagram handle and a Tumblr page at 180BRG, where you can join us at any time to read the Bible. Feel free to follow along and feed your soul with the Word of God. Amen. Next. There are devotionals on sale at the 180 Cafe. They're great to help you get in the habit of praying and connecting with God every day. Sometimes I find it hard to find, form the words to pray, but these devotionals have been so helpful and inspirational. They're available at the 180 Cafe and it's an honor system. So you can purchase them via Venmo or QuickPay. Speaking of prayers, we have our prayer hotline. We invite you to use this resource to ask for prayer for anything or anyone in your life and it's completely confidential. You can text 5397PRAYER or email prayer at 180church.tv and know that there will be a team praying for you on the other end. Prayers are so powerful and I can't tell you how many times my prayers were heard and answered. So I wanna encourage you to get out there, and pray and ask for prayer for where two or three are gathered in his name. God is with them. Yes. So let's talk about social media. There, these are the ways you can stay connected with us throughout the week. We have several media outlets from Facebook to Instagram to Dr. Sammy's Twitter page and even our YouTube page. We are very active on social media and there are multiple ways to share the message with your friends and family and also stay connected in the community. Let's not forget about our YouTube live stream. We know that things pop up and it's not always possible to physically attend Sunday service, but not to worry because Sunday service is being live streamed weekly on YouTube. So you never have to miss another service. So say hello to the YouTube viewers. Hello. And it's also a great way to share the gospel with friends and family. Next up is small groups. Small groups are a great way to process what you heard on Sundays with brothers and sisters along the journey of faith. We know that no one is meant to do faith alone, and small groups have been an amazing way to know that we are in this together. It's also a great way to um, get to know each other, grow deeper in in relationship with each other, and reflect and apply sermons to our daily lives. And honestly, it's so much fun. I look forward to it every week, to meet with the group, and... You know we just have fun doing life together so that's great um adult groups meet on wednesdays at 7 30 p.m young adult groups meet on thursdays at 7 30 p.m college fellowship meets on mondays at 7 30 and if you need any additional info please speak to any of the greeters in 180 shirts or hoodies now this is the exciting one are you are you guys ready okay i i want to introduce 180 merch okay i know you've been all waiting for this it's not exclusive anymore you can purchase your 180 merch at the 180 Cafe. There's a variety of tops in different fabulous colors, all donning the stylish 180 um, emblem, and other cool designs. Like Some of them have like cool designs on the back. Not mine, but others. Um, so you can get one of those. Uh, after service, you can head straight to the 180 Cafe to purchase your new 180 shirt, hoodie, or sweatshirt. And they can be purchased with the same honor system as the devotionals. If you have any questions, you can speak to our merch designer, Andy, wherever he is. Oh, he's in the back, there he is. Um, And he can help you. And I can't wait to twin with all of you once you purchase your merch. (laughs) Okay, next we have Day in the Sun. Our next Day in the Sun will be on May 15th at 12.30 p.m. We will be meeting at the East Pintum in Central Park. So be on the lookout for an email to RSVP Let's pray for beautiful May weather and an awesome time of fellowship. Also, let's start thinking about the people in our lives who we can invite and share the good news with. Uh, Now, for those of you with the heart to serve or feel like you're being led to serve, we have children's ministry. We need volunteers to serve, love, and teach our church's youngest members. They are really doing meaningful and soul-filling work there. My children are learning that they are God's treasures like I told you last time and also my daughter always gets super excited for Sunday school she says oh she loves Sunday school so they're having a good time there Um, they are building relationships and growing up in this community feeling loved and known and that's really special so if you want to be friends with our community's littlest members and be loved by me and other parents go see Michelle Kim or Pastor Lydia for more details Next, we have cafe volunteers. Coffee brings me so much joy, and I know it brings you guys joy too. So you can share some joy by serving up a cup of coffee before service. No barista skills are required. So if you wanna serve or impress people with your latte art, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. And lastly, we have greeting volunteers. Who doesn't love a friendly face when they walk in? I know everybody does. And if you want to be that friendly face that brings smiles and makes people feel welcomed, this is for you. If you're interested, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. Now, those are all of our announcements we have today.